Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. I need to uh, correct myself. I said that Chris Skinner, the former CFL running back, was out of Acadia. He was out of Bishops. Um, was part of the then Edmonton Eskimos from 1984 to 1988. I remember him in the 87 Grey Cup, which was played out at BC Place, having a huge game. He ended up getting moved to Ottawa for a first-round pick. Turned out to be the number one pick of the draft, Sean Millington, who had a tremendous career as a uh, CFL uh, running back uh, back in the day. As promised uh, during the course of this week, we were going to endeavor to get somebody on from the Edmonton Oilers uh, to perhaps educate things from the Oilers Entertainment Group as to how things are going to work carrying forward uh, here. And so at this time, we're going to head off to our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We're pleased to be joined by the president and Chief Operating Officer for Rogers Place in Ice District. We welcome back to the show, Stu Ballantyne. Stu, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Great. Uh, and this is not your uh, first uh, radio interview with us. In fact, you used to, when you were involved with the uh, the Indie out in Vancouver, didn't you do like uh, a weekly hit or something? And uh, you did a fair amount of radio back in the day, didn't you? Yeah, I had a weekly show on motorsports and then you know, quite a bit of uh, of uh, media through my career. So, yeah. yeah, and, no. and uh, we are involved with Hockey Canada for a while. Uh, spent some time up in Prince George. You and me have had some humorous conversations about the uniqueness of that marketplace. So this is this is a different this is a different world and it's a different time. Uh, the Oilers Entertainment Group sent out a tweet about three weeks ago about the protocol at that time to get into the building, which is proof of vaccination or conversely. Um, a negative test in the last uh, 48 hours uh, before you get into the building. Now, just to set the record straight, the first time people will actually be allowed back into the building is going to be when, Stu? It'll be our, our preseason game against Seattle on uh, September 28th. And so we, we, do, we do have the rookie game coming up on the 18th, but the building's not quite ready, so we're going to just have our employees in for a test date. Okay. Uh, it, and suffice to say, is, is this one of these situations where the goalposts could be theoretically still moving, Stu? Or, do you, you know, just because of some of the challenges we're having out? Or does it change because there is this standard and protocol that the Oilers Entertainment Group are going to have for Rogers Place? Well, 
all indications are that we'll be able to host 100% of our fans on the on the 28th. But Bob, we're sitting here like a linebacker. It's, it's you know, is it going to be a pass or is it going to be a run, right? So we're uh, we do, do follow it literally on a daily basis. But uh, our anticipation is uh, we'll be welcoming fans, 100% of our fans, back on the 28th. Now you uh, have history dealing with uh, HS. I believe you and Tim Shipton were two of the staff members during the Edmonton bubble were you guys not in for every single game that took place uh, over the course of that uh, two-month period yeah we were bubble boys for the whole summer so uh, quite a few days in a row uh, through that entire time it basically started for us uh, early May and it really didn't end until after uh, the NHL left uh, early October so we were in every single day uh, I mean, you've had an extensive career. Did you envision at some point you'd be doing something like that? <laughs> I think I'd be a billionaire in the uh, in the vaccine business if I anticipated any of this. So the last 18 months, you know, over 150 hockey games we've hosted without fans in the building. And, you know, it's <clears throat> what a great skill to have. I hope I never get to use it again. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not quite the same. Well, it's totally not the same without the fans. How many strategy sessions have been had in terms of how you're going to facilitate? Uh, it's a question we we often get text here on the Ashley Fine Floors text lines too. Is how are the Oilers going to like what happens for fans on the 28th when they come to the building? Um, is is that still a work in progress for you guys right now? Or you, you mentioned the fact that you want to get your staff uh, educated. By the way, we should mention that uh, they're all going to be vaccinated as well. But uh, how's that how's that whole process going to work, Stu? Yeah, so we've we've mapped it out. We we, we talk with all of the facilities, especially across Canada, uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, we review all of our situations with not just the COVID numbers, but also any of the protocols restrictions that could be coming are in place. Uh, on a daily basis, uh, we have a full-time uh, OHNS person in my department that works with us and has worked with us through the entire uh, uh, hub and then in through the bubble with the World Juniors and, and also into the the two uh, WHL and NHL seasons last year. So we're we're quite versed on on it and 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 what angle we're going to go. But I think for fans. What they're going to see is there's going to be a check uh, as they they enter Fort Hall on on their vaccination status or on their their test that has to be within 48 hours of, of game time, and then they will proceed into the lineup very similar to they have in the past, you know, with their ticketing and and in through the gates and and into their seats. Uh, the one change that came up last uh, last in the last couple of weeks is that the city has a bylaw, a mask bylaw, and now the provincial-wide uh, mask bylaw. So we are required for staff and for uh, all of our guests, fans, to uh, to wear masks. Uh, the only exception being uh, when you're consuming uh, beverages or or food. All right. So in the building, they'll have to wear a mask. That's correct. Okay, because I thought I'd read if. Uh uh, at one point, well, this is before, we should mention, this is before the provincial, Reed Wilkins tweeted out a couple weeks ago, before the provincial mandate got re, uh, reinstalled, that it was up to individual uh, private companies if they had their own standards to enter their facility as to whether or not uh, they would continue with the mask bylaw. But now it's a provincial and municipal-wide bylaw. So you're going to need to have a mask in the building. You mentioned when they enter Ford Hall, 
to to get checked on either vaccination status or whether or not they've had a negative test in the last 48 hours. Are there going to be limited amounts of places, Stu, for the fans to access uh, the building? Well, each one of the queues will have someone checking so that we can load the queues. And if someone, um, if it's if they're having some troubles, we'll ha- we'll have. Uh, an area where they can go and uh, and so they're not holding up the lineup and uh, we'll check them over there and uh, deal with with their situation and then get them into the building so the reality is we're trying to make this as smooth as possible we're promoting the fact that the my health app is their best way to prove their vaccinations and we're still working through with with ahs and and uh, a lot of the testing uh, laboratories on what a test that the 48-hour test will look like and which test will accept okay uh, st- we're joined by Stu ballantyne who's the president and chief operating officer for rogers place and ice district Stu, uh, the listeners, I, I don't think I've brought it up before, but there is a new food and beverage uh, provider. Can you educate the listeners on that front? Yeah, people coming back to the arena. You know, we've, we haven't been idle over the last uh, 18 months. Like I said, we've, we've not only hosted games, but we have uh, established a new food and beverage provider, Ice District Hospitality, which we do with uh, uh, in a partnership with Compass Group Canada and Levy out of the U.S., um, and so it's been wonderful. We're, we're new menus. We'll have a new POS system to speed up our services. Uh, they'll see new branding, um, a whole new way of training our staff. And so food and beverage is going to be a highlight for us uh, as we get into this season and, and, of course, for the next number of years. Uh, we are getting uh, just circling back to something here, Bob. Which test is acceptable? Question mark. Everybody keeps mentioning a negative test, but no one mo- uh, me- bothers to mention which one. People realize that an antibody uh, antigen test doesn't show if you're negative for COVID or not just that you have the antibodies, right? As we all know, vaccinated people have the antibodies and can carry it as well. This is back into a different conversation, which I'm sure is, is still going to be moving. Uh there's other rules Stu, around that that affect the uh, you know with the current provincial restrictions that are in place right now, and and the municipal ones as well. One of those is that bars have to be closed at ten o'clock. So Studio Ninety Nine, as an example, will be open. Is that correct? Before games for fans? Yeah, it will be open as normal. Um, you know, we're certainly working with the the provincial uh, government to figure out what how that that is going to progress. You know, as we all know, these these restrictions will come and go over the next few months, but uh, it will affect us during a game that starts at eight o'clock or later. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, there's, I mean, it's pretty quiet right now around Ice District in terms of. I, I don't mean to disrespect the other industries and businesses that are there. There's a fair amount of construction that's currently taking place. Uh, you're also in charge of Ice District. How far along have, for people that maybe haven't been down there a lot over the course of the last 18 months, how significant are the changes going to be with some of the uh, buildings that are taking place? And is there concerning, uh, Stu, about access points uh, into the building as well, the amount of construction that's taking place? 
Yeah, obviously lots of construction going through, and this is pretty much our final construction on what we'll call phase one of Ice District, which is everything south of, of 104 Avenue, and we're really excited about it. Um, we will have to work through part of the season with some construction, but being that this is the last outdoor construction season for that plaza, uh, a lot of that work will get finished not only between now and the 28th of September, but through the fall. But the access will always be there. That is our main door to, to, uh, to Rogers Place is to come up through Ford Hall from the plaza and we'll continue to, to uh, promote our fans to come that way. There will be activities in the plaza. There's going to be activities in, in Ford Hall. Uh, we are doing a revamp on Molson Hockey House and some very, very uh, cool features that people will recognize from our, our history uh, will be in Hockey House this year. And so we're really excited about uh, uh, getting all of that done and continuing to push for everybody to arrive um, through the plaza. It's it's the, the, a great way to do it. There's obviously lots of parking underneath it, and um, and it works really, really well when people come that way. The, the north gates will also be open from the LRT for those that are arriving by LRT or coming in from, from the north. Uh, what about the other sort of amenities adjacent to the building? You got a, you know, there's a Starbucks. We'll give them a plug. Uh, there's a casino in there. A uh, couple, like a, I think there's a Jugo Juice. Like, is there? A lot of this stuff has been closed for <laughs> since March thirteenth uh, or whatever. Uh, is any of that uh, going to be reopened, uh, Stu? Do you think, or is that still TBA? It's TBA. Um, we will open the uh, the corridor and. Um, the LRT corridor in the Pedways will okay. open before the 28th. I think the 24th is the is is the opening, so the building will become uh, have a public access through it um, in a couple of weeks. It has been shuttered literally since March of, of 2020, and uh, without the critical mass of people in there, it, it didn't make a lot of sense for it to be open. But now it does. We're going to be hosting events again, and we're looking forward to getting back into business. So. Uh, as far as the casino and uh, some of the amenities in the casino, not sure right now. Um, okay. Obviously, everybody's coming back to business, but uh, don't know as we sit today. So that's for the uh, for the Edmonton Oilers in terms of the 28th. Uh, is it going to be the exact same setup? Because we're getting texts coming in regarding the Edmonton Oil Kings as well. Yeah. So the oil, the building has the the the, the all of the different protocols that we put in place. You know, our staff. Uh, for the fans um, with regards to fully vaccinated or a negative test within 48 hours apply to every single event uh, in Rogers Place until these restrictions are lifted. And so uh, right now, um, Oil Kings will be the same as Oilers, the same with a, a live concert or, you know, we're hosting PBR in November. And so all of those uh, protocols will remain in place. And we hope that, that the numbers change in, in, in favor and, and we can start to remove some of the restrictions. And we'll do that as, as soon as we're able. Well, uh, what we've noticed... Open, right? Pardon me? Stu? Go again. I cut you if, if the league allows you to open up and the province allows you to open up. You mentioned that you've been in a lot of contact uh, uh, with other... Uh, jurisdictions, specifically in Canada with other buildings. I know there was a report out of Montreal on the limit of size in the Bell Centre for this facility. You started this conversation saying uh, to full capacity. That is the hope that you'll be able to go to full capacity? 
Yeah, we're allowed full capacity as we sit today, and that's our anticipation as we open up the season. But you're right, other jurisdictions across Canada do have some restrictions, uh, British Columbia, Quebec, and right now they're trying to figure out what the restrictions will be for hockey in, in Ontario. But uh, Manitoba is going to 100%, and, and Alberta is already at 100%. Okay. Do those other provinces have the, uh, the negative test option uh, for, or do the other teams, rather, I should ask, how that negative text option or are they doing strictly full vax all teams went full vax with the exception of us here in edmonton we've we've offered our our fans the the ability to provide a negative test okay and, and so uh, we're the only team only team in canada that's doing that okay uh we're joined right now by Stu ballantyne bob Stoffer with you when is uh just on the concert stuff is i i'm sorry i don't Stu, I, maybe I haven't been following closely enough. You mentioned the PBR. When do, when do concerts get fired up again for uh, Rogers Place? Um, you know what? Part of it is is getting um, the provincial jurisdictions to line up so tours okay. can cross Canada and also being able to cross the border, which they are now allowed to do, um, and getting the, the entire tour business you know, with, with Live Nation and with, with AEG, the two big promoters, uh, getting them geared up to come to Canada. Um, it's it's still a bit slow. Uh, a lot of our events that were scheduled to come into the fall have moved into the spring, and uh, we're hoping to have a great uh, live entertainment lineup and and get announced. But uh, part of it is is we've got to make sure that uh, the the borders cross provincial and and. and and into the U.S. open up as, as best we can to get those those tours in. All right. Uh, another question here, just on Molson House. Uh, will the beer gardens be open with that? Yes, of course. Molson, Molson uh, Hockey House will, will be open and serving. We've got a brand-new menu in there, and uh, we're going to continue with our $6 draft, and uh, it will be open prior to every game, and uh, we hope uh, we'll be open after the game. It depends on when the game start is and, and then that 10 o'clock curfew for alcohol service. Well, it's going to be, uh, I, I would have to imagine, Stu, and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, have you been hiring a bunch of people? Because obviously the Oilers Entertainment Group uh, needed to be fiscally responsible during a very challenging time, and yet a lot of part-time. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, were, were there not like twelve to 1,400 part-time staff at one point uh, with OAG? Maybe that's a little high, but have you gone on a fairly extensive uh, hiring run here of late? We have, and, you know, food and beverage with changing our providers for merchandise uh, and for um, for food and beverage, we, we had to realign and, and, and reach out. So there's, for instance, we've been hosting a number of job fairs. We're out online as well. We're reaching out to the universities, uh, to the technical school like Nate, and also uh, over to Northwest College to, to try and, and really try to promote to get more people in. We were, we were shy coming out of out of the change with our food and beverage provider and uh, we're working hard we've got uh, job fairs tomorrow saturday and sunday here at uh, rogers place and lots of opportunity for people to come in and work for for a great organization the new ice district hospitality will be phenomenal to work with Stu, we appreciate this time uh and we're going to get you on a, a couple more times here in the fall just to as we continue to monitor and watch and i was going to say uh just with the delta variant i know that uh, i think we're in day 50 and, and a, a lot of times the spike is at around day 50 to uh 55 60 and then there's an inevitable plunge let's hope that happens because we've all been dealing with very challenging times much appreciated that you joined us on today's show Stu. 
No problem, Bob. I just want to let you know Fernandez won the uh, her chance to to compete for the U.S. Open. Oh, she did. She did. So. Good stuff. There we go. Uh, more than just an auto racing guy. There you have it. Tennis expert as well, Stu Valentine, President and Chief Operating Officer for Rogers Place. Uh, he joins us today. He's also uh, in charge of Ice District. He is our Oilers Now headliner. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Um, we will tell you that the best pizza in the city still make it a great royal pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The recommendation at Royal Pizza for me is the Mediterranean chicken. That's right. It's the Mediterranean chicken. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. I thought there she was playing. Fernandez was playing later today. I thought she's playing at uh, like five o'clock tonight, Edmonton time. All right, let's go to the day in Oilers history. Here's Brendan Escott. Back in 2002, the Oilers signed 24-year-old forward Mike York to a three-year contract, formed a formidable penalty kill duo with Todd Marchand and scored 51 points that season. York played uh, one more year here in Edmonton before the team flipped him to the Islanders for Mike Pekka after the 0405 lockout. Yeah, it was right out. It was the day after Edmonton had gotten Chris Pronger in a trade. They ended up flipping Mike York, who for a while was a part of the fly line with the New York Rangers back in the day. Fleury, I know there's some people out there that don't like uh, Theron Fleury, and others that really like him. Uh, The fly line was uh, Fleury, Lindros, and York. That was the fly line uh, with the New York Rangers. And at that time, oh, this is going to come together beautifully, the head coach of the team was Ron Lowe. Ron Lowe uh, was with the New York Rangers when 9-11 occurred in New York City. And Saturday is the 20th anniversary. Ron Lowe, former Oilers head coach and Rangers head coach, will join us on the Friday edition, tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Uh, They've been with this show for the last 10 seasons. Dennis and Jason Laliberti. And they've got a deal for you if you want to head out to Vancouver. You can join a private WestJet charter. It's taking place on uh, September 17th, round trip to Vancouver. Open bar, just $199. More details are available at newwesttravel.com. What does uh, Reed Wilkins have tonight coming on Inside Sports? Uh, it is a one-hour edition, we should point out, before live coverage of the federal leaders' debate. Uh, but uh, Toronto Star NHL columnist and insider Chris Johnston just had that career change. Yeah, uh, by the way, so, Brennan, there's, there's one leadership debate in English and there's two leadership debates in French? That's news to me. Is that right? Can somebody check on that for me? I think that's the I'm, case. I'm getting the nod from Afternoon's producer, Chris Brantlinger-Grant here. He, yeah, well, and his Ohio State, not that impressive last week, by the way, just to pass along. He's a Bengals fan, too, but he's loyal to his Bengals, so I admire that with him. So, Reed Wilkins tonight from 6 to 7 in the leadership debate tomorrow. As I mentioned, uh, the former head coach, not just the Edmonton Oilers, but the New York Rangers, Ron Lowe. And we'll talk about... Uh, his time in New York City, being there when it all happened, 9-11, the 20th anniversary, coming up on Saturday. And there will be prominent uh, coverage of this. Many of you have seen a terrific um, Netflix documentary on it. I'm, I think I'm just about done episode four, uh, which has to do with uh, the U.S. government using what happened in Afghanistan 
to uh, justify course of action in Iraq. That's another story for another time. Uh, not just Ron Lowe on tomorrow's show, but Sportsnet Spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. And Oilers play-by-play voice on Sportsnet and uh, the Oilers Radio Network, Jack Michaels. Again, a reminder that every Thursday on Oilers Now, uh, for 44 weeks, Kevin Weeks, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then 3 to 6, Monday through Friday here on 6.30 Jet. The 6.30 Jet afternoons out of Edmonton with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.